Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Is the next move for the Knicks to start cleaning house? An upset in Lubbock and a sweep over Baylor. Plus, how bad are things between Kyler Murray and the Cardinals? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The New York Knicks were set to get back on track a little bit. They were beating the daylights out of the Brooklyn Nets, albeit the AAA Brooklyn Nets. And then they gave up a 28-point lead, and they lost, in fact, 111-106 to the Nets. They fall to 25-34 and on the season. This has gotten ugly. Joining me now from Locked on Knicks, Alex Wolf. Alex, where does this team after a, a, a loss like this, where do you go from here? Oh, it's very simple. You fire Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's, it's over. It's done. You know, I, it's so bizarre to say it because I, I fully appreciate everything they did for this team last year. And, and, you know, he got buy-in last year. He installed a defensive system that worked. Like that was their calling card last year was just like nine or 10 guys that every single game would go out there bust their butts, try for all 48 minutes and play really good defense. And then whatever offense they could muster was enough, you know, cause the offense has never been Tibbs's calling card. And then this year, it's just like the buy-in's gone. The willingness to experiment even a little bit is completely out the window. They do so well to open and they run, which is like, if we're talking about like a football analogy, it's like the same thing as like, coming out slinging, you know, you're passing right away. You're trying to burn the other team. You get a couple quick touchdowns. Things look great. And then Tibbs switches to the run in the third quarter and tries to grind the ball into dust. And it just never, ever works. And they always get, you know, a huge comeback against them. And they always lose at this point. And they've now lost three games in their last seven in which they had leads of 20 points or more. It's a huge embarrassment at this point, and and he's the biggest reason, and and he's got to go. Quite frankly, you mentioned Tibbs as the biggest reason. Uh, Julius Randle had been certainly one of the reasons for much of the season, but he's played much better the last what six weeks. He had thirty one and ten in this game. So, to to what degree do we have to blame roster construction for this too? Because they went out and spent money, they went out and brought new pieces in, and it has not helped in fact that this team has taken a considerable step back from a year ago yeah it's complicated like I think Randall has really figured his stuff out Uh, my pet theory and this isn't sourced or anything is that he got wind that if he kept playing the way that he was (laughs) in the early parts of the season that he was going to get traded to somewhere he didn't want to go at the trade deadline be it a Sacramento or something like that and suddenly we've seen his play really uptick in the last like three weeks especially Um, but he's, you know, sort of found a new way to play where instead of last year, where he was relying so much on the jump shot, he's now getting into the lane more. He's, he's running, you know, playing with pace more often than last year. He sort of played like Carmelo Anthony. And this year he's playing more like, just like a a fast, like bowling ball of a player, which is great. Honestly, I think he's laying a great foundation for going forward with what his role is going to be with the Knicks. And I think that if he keeps playing like this, there's no reason the Knicks shouldn't want to keep them around for the next four years or so. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, 
an upset in Lubbock, and a sweep over Baylor. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Lakers were trying to stop the Jazz six-game win streak, but things took a horrible turn when Anthony Davis went down in a heap. Andy Kamenetsky, co-host of Locked On Lakers podcast, and the Lakers with, I think, their biggest win of the season, 106-101 over the Utah Jazz in L.A. A bittersweet night for the Lakers. They ended up losing Anthony Davis to a pretty severe and, frankly, gross-looking ankle sprain. Turned it really bad in the first half when he had been playing really well, had 17 points. The x-rays came back negative, still yet to be determined how long he will be out. But the Lakers could have folded up the tents easily in this game, and we've seen the spirit and energy of this team, to put it kindly, uh, wax and wane, but they fought from behind, and it was led by LeBron James. He had 33 points, eight rebounds, six assists. He absolutely took over the fourth quarter. There were big contributions from Russell Westbrook, Malik Monk, and Austin Reeves. Um, And also, the Lakers need to get season tickets for Rams superstar Aaron Donald because he was in the house, and LeBron clearly wanted to put on a show for his fellow champion. So pony up, Jeannie. It will be worth the cost. A lot more to get into, so make sure that you are subscribing to the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel and that you are making Locked on Lakers your first listen wherever you get your podcasts. The Boston Celtics were going for 10 wins in a row and facing a 13-win Pistons team. No problem, right? Wrong. Hey there, John Corrales here from the Lockdown Celtics podcast after the Boston Celtics lose to the Detroit Pistons 112 to 111. A tough lesson learned for a Celtics team that had been on a nine game winning streak, but the Detroit Pistons came in and just beat Boston straight up. Cade Cunningham was great. Sadiq Bey shot the lights out. They came in and just played harder, played better than the Celtics who, after winning nine games in a row by playing a certain style, just didn't do the same things that they had done. They ended up with 29 assists, which is a surprising number to me because I don't think the Celtics moved the ball well at all. They didn't go side to side. They didn't have that crisp ball movement. I know they didn't have Marcus Smart or Robert Williams, and that is a factor, but they shouldn't have needed those two guys to beat the Detroit Pistons. This, to me, is a lesson learned for the Boston Celtics. You've got to play hard. You got to play the right way every single time. Because if you come out and mess around, a team like Detroit, even though they've got the worst record in the league, they've got pride and they've got talent and they can come in and beat you. This was a trap game from the beginning. Celtics beat the Philadelphia 76ers in a big way on national TV the night before. Nine game winning streak back to back against a team with the worst record in the league heading into the all-star break. This was always going to be a trap game here. And the Celtics fell into that trap. They didn't want to do all the hard work. They settled for a bunch of threes. They made a lot of the mistakes that they had been making before. So maybe this is a good thing for Boston. A lesson learned heading into the all-star break, put a bad taste in their mouth. So they know when they come back, they've got to play that same way that they were playing during the nine game winning streak to stay in that hunt in the middle of the Eastern Conference pack. Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh has agreed to a new five-year contract that runs through the 2026 season. The school announced Wednesday. The deal gives Harbaugh a one-year extension with new terms from the contract he signed last January. Harbaugh said in a statement, I love Michigan football, the University of Michigan, and the Ann Arbor community. And all that money. All right, he did, that's not in the statement, but 
it was, right? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your daily gambling needs. Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are two quarterbacks with unknown futures. Bet Online has the odds for where each QB could be week one, if not on their current teams. With Aaron Rodgers, the top teams and odds. Well, 49ers 3-1, Broncos 7-2, Bucks 4-1, Steelers 5-1, Colts 15-2, Saints 10-1 for Russell Wilson. The top teams, the Bucks at 7-2, the Saints 4-1, Steelers 4-1, Dolphins 5-1, Raiders at 8-1. Have some fun with those. Bet online where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. A monster showdown in the Big 12, the number seven Baylor Bears and the number 11 Texas Tech Red Raiders. And it was a 51 point second half that lifted the Red Raiders over the Bears, 83-73. Joining me now from Locked on Big 12, Josh Neighbors. And Josh, uh, this was a, a bit of a back and forth game early. And then in the second half, Texas Tech pulled away. What do you think this tells us about the state of the Big 12 race? Well, it gets Texas Tech. It keeps them right in it uh, and gives them a chance now to legitimately win it. They almost swept Kansas. They came real close to sweeping Kansas this year. So it's a pretty wide open race, but I think really it tells us down the line. Like it, it feels like Texas Tech is probably the most Final Four quality team just because of the way they play out of the Big 12, just with the defense and the balance in their scoring, it feels like uh, on any night they're going to be in it once again because that defense is top five defense in the country. And then they're finding points from different guys across the board. Any night somebody can give you 20. They got 21 in the second half from Kevin O'Banner tonight. And so that was the big difference for them. And I think it's just it's just once again kind of reaffirming that idea that they could be that Final Four team from the Big 12 this year. You mentioned the balance scoring. They had four guys score 14 or more. O'Banner had 23 and 13 in this game. The only question that that you, you might ask in, let's say, a Final Four, Elite Eight kind of game is, do they have that alpha scorer that when you absolutely need a bucket, it's this guy who's going to go get it for you? Yeah, that's been the difficult thing for them is that, you know, Kevin, uh, for them, Kevin McCuller has been, he just actually just, just got injured. And then you've got TJ Shannon, who's been dealing with an injury and is coming off the bench for them at times. But he, to me, is the guy who gives them the real scoring punch. I know Bryson Williams has led them this year, but TJ Shannon, Terrace Shannon, is the guy who gives them the real scoring punch. You can score in a variety of ways tonight. I loved how aggressive he was at a good job attacking the rim. And so for him, I, I think he is that guy that in the end of the game they can go to. But the, the thing for them is it's kind of nice having a variety of guys that you could go to. You, you know, there's not just one guy the defense can key in on. So an alpha score taking over a game late, it's Shannon, but it's kind of nice to have a bunch of other options too. What did we learn about Baylor in this game? They shoot under 44% for the game. And, you know, they, they, we still expect this is going to be a very good mm -hmm. team. So. What are you carrying forward from this game with this Baylor Bears team? Well, this was a huge experimental for uh, game for them. They just lost Jonathan Chachwa, who is their really energy, defensive, awesome guy. And he allows them to play kind of a small ball and not give up much in, in the paint because he's such a great athletic defender. 
This tonight was about tinkering with lineups and trying to figure out, all right, what does the small ball look like? And they've got potential lottery pick, first round pick Jeremy Sohan off the bench who gave them eight and 10 tonight. And I actually kind of like the way he looked as their small ball five. They're playing Matt Myers some at small ball five. So I think tonight for them was not a game they had to have. It was a difficult environment. They looked sharp in the beginning. But it was about playing with lineups and trying to find ways that they can turn the small ball lineups from necessity into something that can actually be a weapon for them because they're having to do it now with no Jonathan Chamochachua to give them 20-plus minutes off the bench. Coming up, how bad are things between Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on some of my New Year's resolutions. Um... But not this year when it comes to eating healthy. And I've actually been pretty good so far in my New Year's resolutions. Um, I'm, I'm really kicking it back into high gear after being in L.A. for the Super Bowl last week and eating a lot of tacos. Oh, they were delicious too. But I'm trying to get back, especially with my snacking. That is the easiest place to get your eating habits right. And Built Bar can help you do it by giving you something delicious to eat. Something you will want to eat. You still get that nice little uh, dopamine hit. When you taste it, because they're all covered in 100% chocolate and they're high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, low in sugar, low in calories with flavors like chocolate peanut butter, coconut almond, mint brownie. You got white chocolate cookies and cream this month. Delicious flavors. I love the coconut brownie um, puffs, which is I'm serious protein infused marshmallow. Think about that for a second. And if you don't know what I'm talking about or you haven't tried them yet, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Join us now for another edition of As the Quarterback Turns. (laughs) And things have gotten particularly spicy down in the desert in Phoenix where Kyler Murray... First, it was his Instagram. Then the Cardinals, I guess, jokingly deleted all of their pictures, just like Kyler did. And now we have this report from Mike Garofolo over at the NFL Network that Kyler took himself out of the playoff game, had to be convinced to go back in. Joining me now from Locked On Cardinals, Bo Brock and Alex Clancy. And guys, this is a story that has come up a little bit out of nowhere, somewhat like the stories we saw last offseason. Bo, where do these two sides stand right now in what seems like a highly contentious contract negotiation? Yeah, I'd like to thank you for our first meeting together as as far as this this quarterback drama continues. (laughs) Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals, this is the first year he's eligible for his Mega Million extension. Looks like his market value is $43 million. And you've got two sides that are playing nice in the media. Like Kyler Murray released his statement the team released their statement through Pro Football Talk, but you've got lots of mudslinging going on through reports by inside reports. Garofolo, you had the Mort report. You have people who cover the team here in mm. Arizona that are saying some very unflattering things about this quarterback that has this fan base now divided on whether or not they should extend him with all that guaranteed money. Should he get you know the the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen treatment? And I think that those are placed strategically. And until Penn is put to paper here on a new deal, things aren't going to calm down. I mean, the two parties themselves can say all the nice things they want to about each other. 
but there's still going to be leaks. There's still going to be things that are said about Kyler Murray that are not nice, and there's going to be things in, in this shadow of doubt on whether or not he wants to be in Arizona. But at the end of the day, Kyler Murray is the best quarterback that this team has ever drafted, and they have to do everything within their power to keep him happy and in the desert. Alex, uh, Bo mentioned the the Mort report, and, and Chris Mortensen from ESPN mentioned some unflattering things, that, citing unnamed sources. It's unclear where those things came from. We assume if we read between the lines, they come from Arizona. This has gotten ugly. So if you were a Cardinals fan who likes Kyler Murray, wants Kyler Murray back, how concerned would you be that this is not going to be resolved amicably? I mean... <laughs> this is a lot of like the way you the way you frame that kind of caught me off guard like it's I feel like this is going to be fine personally um I see Kyler Murray and Bo and I somewhat disagree uh, about this but I see Kyler Murray is kind of flying solo more than a franchise quarterback normally does with without the insulation from the front office saying you know what no he's our guy okay chill out we haven't heard that at all you know and and it's the interesting part about it is Kyler Murray's inability or just not in his makeup to be a raw raw leader is now kind of playing against him because he plays video games what the hell are we talking about here guys like there are people that have gotten DUIs they're partying out all hours of the night and they're looked at as leaders because they're out there and they're social Kyler's in his room playing video games and it's a downside like I like I I can't comprehend just because he's not a traditional run-of-the-mill six-foot-five quarterback from varsity blues that people are looking at him differently. And I think I say it somewhat tongue in cheek, but it's also true. So I think as Bo mentioned, they need to put pen to paper. And I think fans of Kyler Murray need to remember this is going to be the best quarterback that the Cardinals have ever had. If he continues on the journey that he's on now. And finally, Tiger Woods said he will be back playing golf on the PGA tour. He just doesn't know when. As Woods, who's 46, nears the one-year anniversary of the car wreck that nearly cost him his right leg and led to multiple surgeries, he said Wednesday that he's making progress, just not as fast as he would like. Woods said in a press conference, I'm still working on the walking part. My foot was a little messed up there about a year ago, so the walking part is something I'm still working on, working on strength and development in that. It takes time. What's frustrating is it's not at my timetable. Frustrating for golf fans too, but if we get to see Tiger Woods play competitive golf again at a high level, this will all be worth it. We waited one time, and he won the Masters. We can wait again. Coming up Friday, we turn from the NFL Super Bowl to NASCAR's Super Bowl. It's Daytona 500 weekend, baby. Let's go. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.